You are listening to God the NBA Marketing Beyond Ambition Podcast, episode 030. Welcome to the Godly MBA Marketing Beyond Ambition. This is the only podcast that will share and teach actionable and biblical marketing strategies to empower you, the value-based business owners and Christian entrepreneurs. Learn to communicate your message effectively in this noisy world so you can finally earn more, serve more, and give more. Now, here is your host, Kelly Botter. Hello, Kelly Butler here. Welcome to God the MBA podcast. Today's guest is one of those behind-the-scenes heroes. Many of us are familiar with the well-known event in the social media field, the largest annual event called Social Media Marketing World. However, we might not know the event director the right-hand man or the founder is a God-loving influencer, Phil Merchant. Phil is the director of events for Social Media Examiner. He brings over 25 years' experience in leading customized events, mission-driven campaigns, and creative communication strategies. He now leads the popular events, Social Media Success Summit, and Social Media Marketing World. He also just launched his own podcast called Man in the Pew. In this podcast, we will learn his own journey so far, the importance to have a mentor, and the inspiring story of how God used him in the CBN interview. Now, let's check with Phil. Hello, Phil. It's so awesome. And I'm super, super honored that you are in the show today with me. Thank you for having me on. Uh, Phil, you know, I kind of do a little bit professional and a little bit boring bio introduced for you uh, to our audience, but I like that you can share a little bit about by your own words and your journey and how did you become actually the director of events for Social Media Examiner? Well, I've got a very eclectic journey. You'll be able to appreciate where this started. So I went to college at Wheaton College in Chicago and uh, thought I was going to become a missionary, to be honest, while I was in undergraduate studies. But when I came out, you know, I had had an experience that kind of led me on a different path for a little while. So I went and worked programming computers for Boeing. And then within that year, I realized what I wanted to do was work in my church and then eventually went and worked for a mission agency for four years. After that, I got a counseling degree. And while I was in that degree, I met my wife and we proceeded to get into worship ministry. I, I actually did corporate training for Coke Industries. You've probably heard of David and Charles Coke. They're in the news a little too much. Um, but I worked for them for three years doing corporate training, which is, I think, starting where my background of what I'm doing today began. But then I actually went into full-time ministry for about eight years as a worship pastor and I was in San Diego during one of those stints, and I lost a job. And Mike Stelzner, founder of Social Media Examiner, had an empty office, and he said, Phil, do you want to just come camp out while you're looking for your next job? Well, after a day of doing that, he started giving me project work, and 
over the course of the next uh, about 10 months, he slowly gave me more and more project work and eventually said, would I become his part-time director of summits? Because at that point, all he had was online events. And eventually, over about a, another year and a half, I became a full-time employee, director of events, and have been doing that for about four and a half years, been with him for six and a half years. Wow. You know, it's funny. When I talk to Cliff, you know, Cliff Remuscraft and yes. a couple of other brothers, it's like we all somehow in our journey, we all have a part of us say, yeah, I one day I'm going to become that full time minister somewhere. And then we all now end up in the business world. So I thought that's really interesting. Yeah. And it's very interesting. A couple of weeks ago, our pastor was giving a sermon about the mission of our church. And our church is on mission, and we are, as Christians, to be on mission. And that doesn't mean that it's only for the pastors. And I had, for the longest time, this idea that the the ideal job is to be a minister of the gospel full-time and to be paid for it. And if I was doing less than that, it was kind of second fiddle. And I, I will be honest with you, for the last six years, I've wrestled with that. I've wrestled with maybe someday I'll go back to my true calling of being a minister. And in this sermon, it was probably three or four weeks ago, God told me very clearly, you're right where you're supposed to be. This is your mission now. Now live it out. And it totally transformed the way I'm thinking about my job. I'm now excited about the fact that, you know, I'm I'm in a place of talking to people and interacting with people that I would never interact with in, in my church and in the church job that I've had. Because typically in my church job, I, I was inside the building and I didn't have as much interaction with people literally all over the world. I'm interacting people on pretty much every continent every week in my job now. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, it's interesting that, you know, I used to be a worship leader. Hmm. Uh, when How about that? In, yeah, when in Taipei, Taiwan, and also Daytong, actually, in my family, actually, we live in USA about 10 years. But we live in Vegas. My husband and I, we were part of a founding member of a local church. So I was doing the marketing and then part of the worship team and, huh. you know, all this good stuff. Uh, so it's interesting that about two years later into that founding that church and God said, Kelly, get out of the four walls. <laughs> yeah. I need you to in the marketplace, not inside the walls. Say, okay. Yeah. And so I, I think it's interesting and exactly we have that feeling of, okay, it seems that if I'm not full time, you know, a, a little bit like IHOP in the, in the international house of uh, prayer there, I think they are, they are the full-time paid Levites, I call them, right? Yes. But then in most of the church's situation, it's, you know, uh, if we don't pay pastor enough, right, is end up actually they are doing kind of one foot here and one foot there, and a lot of ministers actually got burned out. And I just don't think that model really worked very well, really. And so I'm curious to ask you a question because since you are in social media field for so long, you know, it's because I launched this podcast and we can talk about that later. Also, podcast, it just is a kind of God thing. Um, and because I interview guests and one after the other in the social media world, I just figure, oh, actually, we have a lot of questions in the social media field. Why that? What do you think? 
That's a very interesting question. Why? You know, I think fundamentally Christians are giving and the social media space, the people who are successful in social media, I believe are people who give, who like to build an audience. So they like to build community and they like to give knowledge away freely. If you are a hoarder, you're probably not going to be very active on social media or you're going to do it in a kind of spammy way because mm-hmm. everyone will always see that you've got a different motive, an ulterior motive in what you're doing. And I think Christians fundamentally, because we've been changed by the gospel, by a God who gave everything so that we could have everything, I think uh, we get that. So not to say that Christians are the only ones, because there's lots of people doing great things who don't share our faith convictions at all. But I do think it's part of just the way we're wired that we like to give stuff away. You know, and I, I love Cliff Ravenscraft's story. You mentioned his name. You know, here's a guy who had been successful in the local church ministry of building communities within the church. And now he is doing it on so much of a bigger scale and empowering people to build communities in lots of different spaces. And so I think that community building is part of it too. So innately, you know, churches that are successful, it's not just about the preaching. It's about the way lives are transformed and lives are transformed in relationships Mm -hmm. uh, through building community. And so I think we also get that, you know, I think there's something about a Christian's mindset. We know that we need to get people connecting to each other, helping each other, serving one another. And we want to do that. And it doesn't always equal dollars in the pocket. And we're okay with that. Yeah. Since we are on that topic of mindset, you know, uh, Phil will kind of like to ask your advice as a mentor that what do you see some common mistakes of Christian entrepreneurs when they come to the online world or social media field? I think the biggest mistake people make, and I've made it, you may have made it too, is to have expectations that you're going to succeed quickly and doing things that force profits too quickly. It's a long-term play in any kind of entrepreneur enterprise that you get into. And obviously, you're making a personal commitment to get into something. So you've got to look at the finances. But in the online space, there are no overnight successes. You know, I've heard a lot of people say I'm a 20-year overnight success. You know, it took me 20 years before anyone knew who I was. Even I heard Michael Hyatt say that recently. You know, he's very successful now, but you listen to his daughters and 10, 15 years ago, it was anything but that. I mean, did he have a good career? Yes, but it was not easy. And he, he failed along the way. And a lot of people have failed. And so I think we look at these people around us who've been successful and don't realize how many failures they've had to get where they are, what the journey was like. You know, Cliff Ravenscraft, again, what, for years, all he did was just talk about things that he was interested in. He didn't have a business. Uh, it took him years before he was able to leave his full-time job and step into the podcasting space as a full-time entrepreneur. So I think the biggest mistake I see is people forcing their way into conversations. Um, A second corollary is doing too much. So uh, I was actually just talking to Mike Stilzner about someone that we both admire who is dropping balls because there's this idea of FOMO, fear of missing out, that is in the culture today. And I think in the online space, it's very prevalent that you're always concerned 
am I missing out on something if I'm not in this conversation or I'm not at that event or I'm not doing on this platform or whatever? And I think it's it's a real mistake. I think that's going to lead to burnout very quickly. And entrepreneurs already are having to work long and work hard. So I think getting focused on the right things and getting real centered on what's your why? What is it you're really after? And what are the couple of things that you know if you do those things, it's going to lead to 80% of your success and not worrying about the rest? Because if you burn yourself out in the first year or two, your long-term success is not going to be there. So I think those two things would be part of my advice. Oh, this is so valuable. And, you know, for those of you listening out there, I'm sorry, we kind of pop your bubble that there's no overnight success. <laughs> um, the other thing is, so, you know, let's talk about what is the importance of mentors. Because I don't know, maybe because of the age, because I saw him my 50th birthday. And I just kind of, ref- the other day, I just kind of take a moment to reflect uh, my own journey in the light of when I see a lot of much younger online entrepreneurs, so to speak. They, I'm sure you see that too. There's a lot of, uh, I would say, the uh, false message out there say, hey, I earned this six figure in this many days and with this formula. And so you can do this too, just buy my product. You know, mm-hmm. can we talk a, a little bit about that? What maybe also touch about what's the responsibility of us as a Christian entrepreneur that, you know, when we operate in the marketing field? Well, you know, I'm 51, so we're about the same age, but I still think having mentors at our stage in life is important. I have guys that I talk to regularly and ask for advice, both as peers, as well as guys who are 10 years or more down the field who have things to say. And I listen to people. I think I probably get more of my mentoring just through listening to other podcasts and uh, reading books from people that I respect and getting ideas as well as those you know specific conversations. So we're busy. So I think that is important as an entrepreneur that you're constantly getting fed by other people and, and probably ideally looking to people outside of our space You know, so reading and listening to people who aren't just in this digital space that some of us are in. I don't know if your audience is entirely that way, but I think that's important because you get perspective when you talk to someone who's not living the battles that you're living and they're able to say things that, you know, catch you off guard in a good way. So I think that's really important. We certainly have a responsibility. You know, I think the best thing to do is to build one-to-one relationships. I think the people who go ranting and spouting off about what they see is wrong about the world and what they, you know, they look at one person's actions and they go write a post and tell the world what's wrong, not with that person, but they talk about it. I don't think that's as helpful. You know, I think there's all these conversations out there where I feel like people are just trying to get attention for themselves and, position themselves as experts. I think it's way more valuable to build relationships one-to-one and, and help people, you know, very specifically and make yourself approachable where people can come to you and offer advice when requested. But, you know, most people need praise, to be honest. Most people need encouragement, occasionally a corrective word, you know, say, Hey, you know, I think, you know, that path you're on, uh, 
you, you might have misstepped there. You might want to reconsider. You know, if you've earned the trust of people, you can say things like that. But that that comes through time and building relationships and praising and being engaged in conversation. And I think a lot of people are out there trying to offer their advice, you know, like the pontificators on TV, you know, and it, it's noise. You know, we've got way too many people with opinions, way too few people who are willing to invest in relationships where you really care. Yeah, yeah. And Phil, I got one question got asked very often. One question is, you know, um, as a question, you know, how do we know that this is what God asked me to do in the business? And I think we kind of chat a little bit just before we hit the record button, you know, about that your coming new project. I cannot wait you share about that, your journey and, and, and myself that, you know, my audience know that from my prior episode, I share about that, you know, I wasn't disobey in a sense of procrastinated about one and a half years about this podcast and come to a point that I knew I just had to do it. So how about you, Phil? <laughs> Our <laughs> stories are very parallel, Kelly. That's that's actually quite amazing. So I'm going to share this story, but I don't think this is the way God always leads. So I will preface it with that. I think many times God places desires in your heart and through the process of listening to people and testing ideas, he leads you step by step. But sometimes he gives you a very direct order, if you will, or desire or burden. It sounds like he did that for you. But for me, January 2015 is when it happened. I have had a blog called Called to Worship for about five years, and I was writing on it regularly. Something happened in 2014, which we may get into later in this episode, but it basically dried up my writing pen. And so for about eight months, I hadn't written anything. And so I was praying on the beach in Florida. And I just said, God, you know, what, what do you want me to do? I know that you have more things that you want me to do. And I want to be used for your kingdom purposes. What does that mean? And I literally heard the words man in the pew whispered in my ear and I thought, where'd that come from? What does that mean? And I started thinking about it and realized what I should do, because I'm in a unique place where I've got all these Christian friends that you talked about who are in the, the digital space. Well, what if I could interview the guys who are sitting in the pew about how they live out their faith and how, how I could encourage other men who you know might find great encouragement on Sunday morning, but have a hard time maybe translating what they've heard on Sunday morning or what they read in scripture to the challenges that they face at work or at home or living out their faith in their community. And so wanting to have healthy conversations about that. So that's January, 2015, very busy season that I knew there was no way I could do it right then, but I postponed it or procrastinated for nine months. And then in September of 2015, I started saying, you know, I really ought to start this podcast or I start a podcast. And all my friends said, yes, and Phil Man in the Pew is the one. So I'm like, okay, cool. I made a plan for buying the equipment. And then by January of this year, I ran against obstacles and I allowed those reasons to become excuses. And the excuses led to me procrastinating again. And literally this summer, I was having coffee with one of my pastors at church, and he said, Phil, in risk of being offensive here, I want to just ask you, why have you not started that podcast? 
I think you're supposed to do it. And I frankly thought he was going to tell me it was a crazy idea. I shouldn't do it. You should be focusing on the worship ministry that you're doing here at the church, or you should be preaching or whatever. So for me, him saying that was like the major kick in the rear of God saying, I told you to do this. You haven't been willing to do it yourself. So I'm going to kind of nudge you or kick you in the month of October of 2016. I will have launched it. And I'm letting go of a lot of my desires to have everything figured out perfectly in terms of technology and process and all that, because those are things that are have been holding me back. Because I unfortunately, I listen to all these podcasters who've been doing it a long time and they sound phenomenal. And so I'm afraid, you know, that I'm not. And but I have to remember, they all started the same way I'm going to start. And so that's that's kind of my story is God put that burden specifically in my heart. And I don't have everything figured out, but it's time to just go do it and uh, get after it. And I'll figure it out as I go. Well, that made me feel a thousand times better <laughs> that I'm not the only one. Um, and think about even you feel it you know, probably in many people's eyes, you know, as we know you that without, well, you feel even have that struggle then. It's, it's interesting when we hear other people's story, it's easy for us to say, why would you even doubt yourself, right? But right. then when you come to ourselves, it's just like I, you know, when I procrastinated and God literally had to give a hammer that when I went to uh, the, attend the New Media Europe uh, mm. event here in UK and God asked me to attend it and I thought, okay, great, maybe that's a, God's way to ask me to network. Since when we live in USA before, it was easy to attending events, but in Europe right. it's difficult. So I went and then uh, and God said, you know, I said, what do I do with all these beautiful British accent podcasters? You know, what do I do here? And and I met friends and and then God said, you know, I really want you to start to think about the podcast because I want you to feed my sheep in the marketplace. Mm. And I, when I heard that in the morning in the hotel room, I totally frozen. And mm. I told God, I said, no, I don't think you are, you are talking to the right person. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, just remember that, you know, I have that record uh, when I launched a book 2012, that it was the same thing. So I walked out of the hotel room and I went to the ballroom. And that morning was, they have this lucky drawing thing for, from the vendors, different prices. And I remember before I went to the, the ballroom and the, a beautiful lady standing front with a basket, everybody need to put a business card in. And I say, you don't need my car because I never want a thing anyway. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and then she said, well, Kelly, if you don't put in a car, you're not allowed to go in. I say, all right. So I put my card in. I went in and, and sat down, and the moment when they start to the host, uh, Mike and Isabella Russell, they put out the first car. I couldn't believe it because my car is red. So from a distance, I can see there's a red car. Mm -hmm. And they, they announced my name. And first of all, I want something. That's already something, really. Second, right. second of all, I want the three months of free hosting. <laughs> Mm, wow. <laughs> the podcast uh, hosting uh, for the audio and everybody was cheering. I was crying. Yeah. I have a wow. tear stung because I knew that was God's way. 
So, so that's so cool. Yeah. yeah. What a confirmation that you're doing the right thing. Right. But can we also talk about that? What do you have some, um, you know, daily ritual or your certain routine to help you ground it while you are in contact with so many different amazing leaders all over the place every single day? Yeah. Well, it's a fairly simple routine and it's probably not that unique, but, you know, I get up in the morning and I make a cup of tea and I sit down for about 15 minutes uh, reading, you know, a short passage of scripture and reflecting on it, praying, and then I'll sit down for another 15 minutes and journal, maybe about what I read, maybe about what happened the day before, whatever. A lot of times I'm praying as I journal. Uh, about things going on with my kids, just whatever, you know, but I try to spend 15 minutes journaling and then I'll spend another 15 to 30 minutes either reading or listening to something that is helpful. Like right now I'm going through Michael Hyatt's productivity course that he just launched, but I might read another book, you know, that's helpful to me, but it's more just feeding myself. And then in an ideal world, I go to the gym at that point and uh, I'll spend an hour working out, then I'll come home and, you know, look at social media and email and get started on the day after I have some breakfast. And, uh, depending on what I've going on, if I need to change clothes or just go to work. So, but the key is actually you feed yourself first. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've learned the lesson along the way that if you don't feed yourself first, your soul, your mind, uh, your emotions and your body. If you don't take care of that, you're not really going to be of much use to anyone else through the rest of the day. And it, you know, it can sound kind of selfish, but for me, I know if I don't do those things and I've, I've discovered it over time. If I don't journal regularly, I'm not in connection with my heart and my mind. Uh, that's how I, I'm a very strong introvert. And so that's a way for me to get in touch with what I'm really thinking and feeling. Uh, if I don't exercise, I actually end up losing energy through the day and I don't feel as good. And if I know if I don't do it in the beginning of the day, it's very unlikely it's going to happen later in the day. And then trying to be intentional about reading and listening. So I, I'm also listening to podcasts while I work out. I've got five or six that I listen to regularly. And then sometimes someone will send me something that I, hey, you ought to listen to this one as well. So I feed myself that way, but I, I'm a reader. I like to read and, you know, I like to be able to stop and engage with what I'm reading. So that's kind of how I start the day, um, at least five days a week. Yeah, it's very similar here. Uh well, my journal is the other room. I mean, I'm a journaling gal too. And normally I have a two color pen. So one is Caddy thinking, the other one is Waka say. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so yep. that's how I, you know, uh, often people say, how did you hear God's voice? And that is between me and God. That's how, how we communicate. And exercise has to happen in the morning as well. Otherwise, that won't happen either. Right. And I think the very last question is, I'm sure it's super easy for you, that, you know, what is that one of those godly MBA moments, the moment that you know that what you're doing, uh, your career-wise, business-wise, is way beyond just business? So this was pretty profound. In April this year, we had our fourth annual Social Media Marketing World Conference, and it happened to start on a Sunday this year. And I knew for a lot of our staff and volunteers, they weren't going to be able to go to church 
on Sunday morning. So I organized an early morning, basically prayer gathering. Um, I invited a local pastor to come and just give a short devotional, lead us in a couple of songs. And then we spent probably half an hour in prayer. And there are 20, 25 of us who were gathered. And one of the themes as we prayed was God um, makes some divine appointments for us while we're at this conference. So that was one of the prayers that was uttered multiple times during that prayer gathering. And, you know, for the most part, my mindset when I'm running the conference is I'm there to serve the people who've come. I'm not really looking for opportunities for myself. I'm looking, how can I serve everybody else? Well, that afternoon, I got an email from a gal who works for CBN, Christian Broadcasting Network. And she said, Phil, I didn't come here planning on doing any interviews, but then I saw your bio that you have 18 years or 20 years working in churches and nonprofit. And I wondered if you'd be willing to come and do an interview with me. And I think CBN, that must be God. So I said, yes. And we arranged a time the next day. And when I got with her, I said, you know what would make this even more interesting is one of our keynote speakers, Mark Schaefer, is a strong Christian. What if we could get him to come join us? Because I found out she wanted to do a Facebook Live. So I called Mark. He was free. He came and joined us. And we went on and we had thousands of people watching us while we're having this conversation, just Mark and I talking about the conference, talking about social media, how churches and nonprofit ministries can be using social media. And for me, it was one of those moments of maybe God's put me in a place where I can be used to encourage um, a lot of other believers and ministries and churches out there because of the relationships that he's allowed me to have. And so for me, that was a moment of saying God's doing something here that's a whole lot bigger than just this job and just this conference. There are amazing opportunities. And that day at lunch, I ended up having lunch with about six or seven people who are all focused on faith-based opportunities for social media. And we said we need to start something. We haven't yet just because I'm an entrepreneur. I have lots of ideas and I have to choose which ones I actually have time for. And uh, that's one that I've realized I don't have time for, even though I would be very excited to see it happen. So, But that, for me, was a very clear recent example of God teaching me to lead and follow his, his leadership. I don't know how many coincidences in this show now, really, that Phil, did you know, actually, I did interview Mark. Oh, really? No, I did not know that. And... When I uh, interviewed Ian Anderson Gray, which the episode is out, Jeff and Eric, uh, ah. I, I mentioned, say, you know, I really want to start a community, just maybe get the, everybody together. And, you know, just, uh, you know, we can, you know, support each other either in prayer or in some, some sort of inspiration. So, and of course, everybody's busy. Everybody all say, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> we haven't started yet. So, Well, I will invite you to this small little group that's on Facebook. We've been waiting for someone who wants to lead it. So God sparked something at the conference, and there was a definite interest. There's some amazing people who are focused on doing social media for churches and nonprofits, and we believe there's a great opportunity, but 
you know, it needs someone to lead it. And God's made it clear. I don't have the time to do that, even though my impulse is to, to do it. My assistant has been saying, now you need to let wait for God to raise up somebody else. So would welcome you to join it. And, uh, you know, if you've got listeners who that's an interest, they can reach out to me individually and we can figure yeah, that out. Sure. But thank you. Thank you so much, Phil, today for your precious time and added so much value to me and to my audience as well. Absolutely. I trust you have enjoyed this episode as much as I did. For today's show note, please visit caddybother.com forward slash 030. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We know you have given us your most valuable treasure, your time, and we don't take it lightly. We truly appreciate it. Please do share, subscribe, and give us your honest review on iTunes at kellybother.com forward slash review. So my team and I can continuously produce valuable content for you. Again, all the goodies we mentioned during the show and my free gift to you is at kellybother.com. Remember, you matter. See you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Godly MBA podcast. For more actionable marketing tips and strategies and today's show notes, visit www.kellybotter.com.